0: This audio is brought to you by MuslimCentral.com You know today, young people are challenged in more ways than ever because of social media, you know. Your eyes can be in places that they could never have been 50 years ago. You know, you can be challenged morally, spiritually um, in ways that you have never been challenged before because you can almost be everywhere, with everybody. You can be in anybody's home, in anybody's room. You could be exposed to anything, any set of circumstances, good or evil, in a way that has never happened before in our world. So young people um, are very much pressured. Young people are saturated emotionally. You know, they're kind of like buck wild almost. You know, they just, they don't know what to do. You know, um, good young Muslims, you know, at the end of the day, they're just sitting someplace drinking coffee. They're not doing nothing wrong, but they're wasting their time because they don't know what to do. Or they move up a notch. They're in the shisha spots. Again, they're not no, doing no direct fawahish. You know, they're not dancing. They're not bumping and grinding. They're not doing no major fawahish, but they're mixing. They're eyeballing. You know, they they leaning. In or out, whatever they planning, they scheming, they're interacting, they're touching, you know, they're doing whatever people do in those kinds of dark, uh, socially relaxed environments where men and women is sitting together across from each other, and they not married, they sitting with friends, and all their emotions and everything sensual perceptions is turned up to nine ten. So what can happen? Many things happen, and it's a setup, because most of the time, after they blow the smoke and sit down and joke and watch the screen and get in their cars and go somewhere, they go on and move into another level of haram. That's the second step. Others, they in the third step. I call it like the yellow, the orange, and the red steps. You know, the yellow, that's just they sitting someplace wasting their time. They ain't doing nothing constructive. They're not doing nothing really wrong, but they don't want to be home by themselves. So they go drink some coffee with their, cool out with their friends or whatever the case might be. Sisters sitting on one side, brothers sitting on another side. So they still trying to be, you know, kind of like following the Islamic protocols to a certain degree. Because in their houses they would be by themselves. And who wants to be by themselves? I mean, young people is not inviting young people to their houses and cooking for them and talking about projects like a, you know, like a seminar or like a workshop or talking about some project. I mean, come on, that's too square. They're not going to do that. So what they're going to do? Meet me at the coffee shop. All right. You're not doing no direct, Haram, but sometimes you're wasting your time. That's yellow. Others is in the orange almost every day. I'm talking about the imam's son, the super Salafi or super Sufi or super Sunni Sheikh's son, daughters. They in the places, the shisha joint, blowing the smoke. First of all, wasting their money. They paying for the shisha, wasting their money and blowing it up in the air. They're sitting in a provocative environment they should not be sitting in, you know, leaning in, talking, winking, sliding, profiling. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So don't be trying to act like, you know, you don't know what I'm saying. That's what you're doing. So that's like orange. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And when y'all leave from there, y'all leaving a lot of you into a more deeper level of centralization and provocation and other kinds of things. And I'm not making no judgment. I'm saying that this is what it is. And you can't act like I don't know because even I'm an OG, but I be there. I pass through those places so I can see you. I can shake your hand. I can give you some words because the other shuyukh or students of knowledge, they just too pious. They too knowledgeable. They too protected. You know, they just on a different level. They're not going to be passing through seeing you in those kind of situations because they would be thinking to themselves. Somebody going to say they should not be there. But guess what? I be there. The doctor sometimes got to make a home visit. So I passes through those spots and i be talking to you in different countries, in different cities, so I, I know. And then you move from the shisha, you know, which is a little bit more provocative, right straight to the club. Now some of y'all is clubbing, bumping and grinding to the music, in, uh, in the dark lights, in the corners, chilling, you know, and you already know what you're setting up when you're in those spots. You're going to the club to rub. Bump and grind. I mean, you know, you might do it on a low low because, you, know, you know, Muhammad, Fatima, you know, y'all don't want nobody to know that y'all bumping and grinding under those low lights and all that, but that's what you're doing. Many of you doing regularly, wasting your time in an environment you know you're not supposed to be in, crossing the lines, touching things you ain't supposed to be touching, looking at things, and acting like monkeys and donkeys and doing all kinds of stuff, you know what I'm saying, because the mu- music is on. I mean, what you going to do to the music? You ain't going to stand still. So you in a place which is kind of like the hellfire. This is the, this is like the vestibule of the hellfire. That means like when you go to a movie house, you go the where the popcorn and all that is at. That's the vestibule. That's the entry level before you go inside and see the movie. So when you in that club, you in the vestibule next stop is what you're going to be doing that people do who go to the hellfire who are going to be punished. Now, many of the young Muslims today, at 7 o'clock at night, I don't care whether it's Mecca, I don't care where it is, you know, the most religious places and the young people who are the daughters and sons of the most religious people be in these three spots, 7 o'clock at night. Drinking coffee, smoking shisha, or bumping and grinding. Now, on top of all that, these challenges that we're going through, that, and I'm not blaming nobody. I'm just saying that this is where it's all set up. You know, the social media is set up to prepare you, to provoke you, you know, to sensualize you, to make you feel and incline you and motivate you towards these places. That's, it's set up to do that. That's not what you have to do because social media is also set up for other things that you can do. But I'm talking about uh, uh, generally, this is how it's set up. Now on top of that, other situations happen. Personal failures in your personal life. Loss of friends, loss of family, people die. You got a wife, you got a husband, things not going right. You wind up divorced or by yourself. You got, you're in gangs. You know, uh, you separated yourselves into different groups or whatever the case might be, and you find yourself involved in crime, you know. So on top of that, you got a situation that takes place like Gaza. Yeah, Gaza, Palestine, whether West Bank or whether it's Gaza. You find a situation like that, and now Gaza is a real set of circumstances that is ongoing. It has been happening for the last 75 years. It's been going on. For the last 75 years but from from time to time it comes to a head like it has come in the last two weeks the amount of trauma the amount of death the amount of drama that's happening to us on a daily basis we're being bombarded you know the people in gaza are being physically bombarded I mean, you know that, I mean, when I say bombarded, you can't even say it. You can't even imagine the kind of blood and trauma and, uh, and pain and torture and uh, death and, and havoc and t- you can't even imagine it. You can't say, I have an idea what they're going through. No, you don't have an idea. You cannot, you can't really know hunger. You cannot really know suffering. You can't really know trauma unless you're there. You're only seeing the pictures. And you're being bombarded every day by the pictures, the photos, the images of the children and the women and, uh, and the bodies, you know, and all of that there. And what can we do about it? I mean, we can pray, and that's what we need to do. We need to, we need to pray and pay. That's what I tell Muslims. Not march and shout. You know, it's, just, it's not about marching and shouting and just showing up with some placards and stuff like that. No, that's the weakest form of faith. You know, the Prophet told us, you know, when you see a munkar, a crime, a munkar, some evil, and what's happening there is because of a major crime. You know, the, the, the occupation of, of Palestine was a crime that took place 75 years ago. Now whatever happened since that crime was committed cannot be as great as the crime that was committed from the very beginning. When some people's land was invaded and taken and occupied and then after that justified. And then the people who was the owners of the land, they become the hunted, they become the alienated. They become called criminals and terrorists and all that. And perhaps some of their behavior could seem to reflect that. But that's not equal to the original crime. Let's put that into perspective. Okay. Now, what do young people do under these circumstances where you're being bombarded? Every two or three images that you look at on social media is children, bodies. And I mean like you're talking about maybe 200 a day. Innocent people, women, children, babies, bombs, bodies, mangled. You know, bodies not even found, just blowed up, splattered. All you can see is bones and blood and and those bodies that are still intact, you know, wrapped every day and laid on the street because people don't even have time to bury them. They're dying so fast, the bombs. So what do we do about that? How do we live? How do we sleep? How do we deal with that trauma? What do we do about that? Well, some people are marching. Some people are shouting. And that's, that's the weakest form of faith. That's, that's showing that, hey, yo, we here, we with you. Uh, it's, a, it's a crime. You know, that's what we're doing. We're marching, we're shouting, we're going in front of the White House or the Black House or the, this one or, or the embassy or we going down this, we're in London, we're in New York, you know, we're in Rome, we're over here, we're there, and we're marching, we're shouting, that's what we could do. Well, that's one form of reaction, if you want to call it, that's one form of support, if you want to call it. But I think that if all of us was to get up at 1 o'clock in the morning, individually, in the dark, and there's nobody else there, and we washed and stood and prayed for a half an hour for Palestine, for Gaza, for the men, women, and children, many who are just totally innocent, if we would get up and pray for them, Allah will hear our prayer because he is Samil alim He will hear our prayer. Our individual prayer. We don't have to be marching with 10,000 people, 50,000 people, 100,000 people, that's easy to do. But getting up at 1 o'clock in the morning and making a special prayer, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will hear that prayer of that single person. And that single person who is sincere, That single person who is clean hearted, that single person who cries to Allah, Allah may answer them before he even answers the people in Gaza themselves. We don't know. We don't know whose prayer is better than others. That's one thing we can do. And Allah, he answers the prayers of young people faster. A young, clean, sincere, honorable, young person who has integrity and really loves Allah is the ones that should get up one o'clock in the morning and pray. The rest of us should pay. If you see 10,000 people marching, think to yourself if each one of them gave $100. You can do the math. If all of us prayed and said, we prayed individually one o'clock in the morning and each one of us go to the ATM and take out $100, I know hundred dollars might be a, to a lot to some of us, but it's nothing to many of us. But are we praying? Are we paying hundred dollars every week? No. You drinking your Starbucks coffee, you know, you eating your shawarma, <clears throat> you, you, you know, you going to your McDonald's, you know, you got your nice watch, you got your nice phone you paying for this, you're paying for that. You got all kinds of things that you're paying for. Are you willing to sacrifice some of what you're paying for and pay for Gaza, Palestine, pay. For those that are suffering, pay. Now, if you're not able to pay, then there's some fact there. You're just feeling guilty and you think that you can just get, go get on the bus and march and shout. You're just silly, you're naive and, and who are they marching and shouting and waving placards in front of? Embassies, government buildings, government officials, who themselves are conspirators of what's going on? You think they care about your marching, shouting, and that's going to change something? It will not change anything. In fact, it's not even going to change policy. No, we have to come up with something better, more effective. You know, our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi we cannot say that what's happening in Gaza uh, was of any higher level than what happened to our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We cannot say that. That's not his reaction. He didn't deal with it that way. He was not sent to march and to shout, or to wave placards, or just to say takbir Allahu Akbar or whatever people say. No, our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he planned He started off with good behavior. And brothers and sisters, I just wanna tell you something that you can't distribute bad behavior in response to another bad behavior. Islam is not like that. Secondly, in the face of our enemies, shouting and marching and blaming and cursing is not gonna change much. We have to come up with a very good plan. Muslims have to unite. Unite themselves, unite their money, unite their platform, unite their leaders. You know, they need to minimize their cultural responses and walls and uh, defining features. Um, we need to promote our leaders to significantly, optimally join together and put, put, put a platform together. Verily really, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he loves those who unite themselves in one solid wall, as if there was one solid structure. So you tell me, brothers and sisters, in the United States, where's the leadership? In Australia, where's the leadership? You know, uh, 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 in the Arab countries, where's the leadership? I mean, where are the religious leaders, the political leaders, the business leaders, the industrial leaders, the Muslim leaders? Where are they and how are they lined up together? They're not. So young people are faced with the dilemma of following who? Following what? I say, don't be angry. And don't just blanket do things like curse the Yahudis. Our prophet he did business with Jews. Some of the Jewish people are our allies or they can be our allies. Some even may become Muslim. And there's nothing in islam that tells us that we cannot interact with them and even sometimes we need to negotiate with them but you know we're cursing all the jews we just we're doing that there's no there's no discernment there's no discretion no in many cases what muslims are doing is just cultural reaction historical cultural reaction with no discernment. And guess what? Non-Muslims are doing the same thing with us. With no discernment. They're not, they're not determining, they're not making a discrimination, they're not making uh, an assessment of who is a real Muslim and who is not a real Muslim. They're just bombing, cursing, killing all of us. And we, in our response, We want to bomb, or kill, or curse all of them. And Islam doesn't tell us to do that. I say that we have to be in solidarity with our brothers and sisters in Gaza, our brothers and sisters in Palestine. We have to be in solidarity with them spiritually and morally. But at the same token, brothers and sisters, we don't act the way other people act just because they did something wrong to us. If somebody did a criminal act against us, we don't do a criminal act to them. We're not a gang like that. We have our principles. We have our protocols. This is what the Quran said. Our Prophet he's the one who illa He was a rahma. All keep this in mind. Our Prophet Sallallahu He never harmed anybody. He said, there should be no harming and no recipro- uh, reciprocation of harm. So when somebody harms us, we need to respond to that, protect ourselves, advise them. We need to insulate ourselves. We need to do all of that. But we don't cause harm just because somebody harmed us. So brothers and sisters, I want to tell you that uh, we are li- we're living in very dangerous times where sometimes we're being... We're being We're being led by unseen hands. Situations that are happening in front of us, sometimes there are unseen, hidden hands behind crowds and actions that are being done. Sometimes what you're seeing is not just the people. There are other hands behind it, you know, that are manipulating the circumstances. There are people who are pushing the buttons and sometimes we are being called to do an act and we don't even know who the hidden hands are. We have to think. Step back for a moment. We have to hold on to our dignity. Hold on to our honor. Or the blood of every Muslim or any Muslim is more sacred than the Kaaba. That's what our Prophet said. The blood of one Muslim Is more sacred than the Kaaba. And so the Kaaba for us is a symbol. And Aqsa is a symbol. And we don't need to lose our lives. We don't need to lose our blood. And we don't need, you understand, to become martyrs just to save Aqsa. No, 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 no. No, it's the lives of the people that's more important than that. And we know that from the surah called Fil. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gave us a scenario that took place before the birth of our Prophet, sallallahu Alaihi when some people, you know, uh, it's in the, this, the chapter called the elephant, when some people, um, Abraham was a king. He was jealous. You know, he was a hater. And he came with an army of elephants to destroy the Kaaba. And uh, the Prophet's grandfather, Wasallam, his grandfather, Abdul Muttalib, he was the patriarch of Mecca. And he was there to protect Mecca and serve the people. That was his job. And when Abraha came to Mecca to destroy the Kaaba, Abraha did not confront him. He could have. He's the patriarch of Mecca. We can't say he wasn't brave. We can't say he was punked out. No, he was wise. He was not a Muslim, but he was wise. So what did he tell Abraha? He told, oh, Abraha, listen, you want to destroy this house? That house has its own rub. It has its own owner. Me, I'm the owner of these sheep and goats and camels. And my people, our sheep and goats and camels, we're going to take them up to the hill. And you do whatever you want to do. SubhanAllah, look at that wisdom. He was not a Muslim, but he understood his own capacity. And he understood that that house has its own owner. And guess what, brothers and sisters? Aqsa has its rub, And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is able to protect his house or that symbol. We should be concerned about our belongings, our families, the lives of the people in that area and the lives of other Muslims and the lives of other people, brothers and sisters. And just for the record, uh, brothers and sisters, there's at least 200 million people in our world today, right now, 200 million who are suffering. They're drinking dirty water or they have no water. They have no food, or they're eating out of the trash, or in some cases, they're just eating, just rotten, filthy, anything they can eat. Muslims and non-Muslims, and we should be concerned about them. We shouldn't wait for an incident to happen when all of a sudden, you know, all of us, we become social activists overnight. Now, all of a sudden, all of us are social activists because of Gaza? No, Gaza should be our primary concern today. We cannot sleep. We can't overlook it. We cannot trivialize it. We can't minimalize it. It's not just gonna go away. But we can pray about that. And as I mentioned, we can pay about that. But marching and shouting day after day, how long are you gonna march and shout? How long can you sustain that? Is that what the leaders of the Muslims are telling us to do? Is that the solution? Are there some other things that we can do to improve the lives of Muslims and to unite ourselves to have a more dignified alliance together, global alliance together to deal with evil, Amr bil maruf or Nahir al-Munkar? Yes, there are. I just tell it to young people, do not trivialize what's happening in Gaza. Don't even argue with Muslims about that. Don't criticize our brothers and sisters in Palestine or in Gaza, or don't criticize, don't argue about them, about the situation in the public and amongst us. Don't do that. At the same token, we have to find ways and means to build our alliance, to join our hands and to join our hearts, join our minds in dignity and honor and strength to gain leverage to deal with the enemies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the enemies of Islam, because they are united. The people of evil are united. And they're developing resources against us. We have to be united. And we have to develop our resources against the evil. Amr ibn Ma'roof or Nahir al-Munkar, you know. Amr bil maruf means commanding what's right. Commanding what's right. And also commanding, preventing what is evil. How are you going to command something without power? How are you going to prevent something or restore uh, 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 justice? How are you going to do that? al-ihsan, wa wa wal wal-baghi. The Qur'an, that's what the Qur'an says. Indeed, Allah, he commands us to do what? Ya'mru bil adal, to have social justice. In order to have social justice, you have to have strong leadership. Where's our leadership? In the area where you are, who's the leader? I didn't say who's leading the prayer. I don't mean who's giving the kubba. I don't mean who wrote the book. I don't mean who's wearing the garb. I mean, who's the leaders? Who's on the front line? Who's going to be responsible for us? Who is the example for us? Who's putting on the line? Who's standing in the front? Who's organizing? Who are those who themselves have put everything they have on the line? And they are leaders for us. And they are with other leaders. Where are they? Who are they? We have to think about that. And so, brothers and sisters, I just want to say to you that don't believe the hype. Don't get head faked out. Don't let other people be leading you by the nose. You know, don't be manipulated. You know, don't get involved in the trend. Don't start saying things because everybody else is saying things. Stop and think and give your heart, give your mind, give your devotion to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and spend what you can spend. Do what you can do. Enjoin the right and forbid the wrong at every time and place that you can. Stand up at night. Get up one o'clock in the morning and make your wudu. Leave from wherever you're at and go home and take a bath or whatever you want and stand in prayer. And if you can't stand in prayer, sit and make dua and ask Allah and cry in the dark. Do that. And part of the money that you're spending on your your phone bill, part of the money that you're spending, you know, something on your coffee every day, on eating that good food, wearing those nice clothes, you know, buying the little gadgets and things that you like, which is all legal and lawful and all out there. Sacrifice some of that and put some of that money together and give it to somebody that's trustworthy, so it can be given over to people who are less fortunate than you are, and let Allah subhanahu wa taala then judge your prayer and let him judge the money that you have been given. And if 10,000 people or 100,000 people or 1 million people in that same day spent $100 or 100 pounds or 100 euros, yeah, see if that doesn't make a difference. It will make a difference. And after that, brothers and sisters, um, be about your business. Take care of your daily business. Be a good Muslim, be an upright Muslim. And where you are, represent Islam where you are, and you will find sometimes that people in the place where you are, who would normally think that Muslims are terrorists, you know, Muslims are dysfunctional, you know, Muslims are extremists, they'll find out that you, your family, your crew, you're not like that. You're courteous, you're mindful, you're sensitive, you're generous, Um, uh, you're not extreme, you're moderate you you engaged in social services you're a social activist but you don't go to any extreme and you're not only helping muslims you're not shouting and reacting to a muslim cause but you are doing something in the society in the community where you live there are elderly people who need help they need some company there are young people who are misguided there are women who are by themselves and misrepresented you know, there's all kind of situations. There's hungry people, poor people, people living in the dark, people living under bridges, you know, people who are desolate, all kind of circumstances. And our Prophet wasallam, he belonged to a group when he was like 18, 19, 20 years old called Hilf al-Fudud. Maybe you don't even know about that. Maybe the scholars are not even teaching about that. He was a prophet at that time, before the message came to him. He belonged to Hilf al-Fudul. So you should join some kind of activity to help the poor. And if you're a social activist and you're really concerned about people, there are things that you can do on a daily basis, in addition to the support that you're giving towards Gaza. May Allah Subh'anaHu Wa taala have mercy on the people. May Allah have mercy and forgive those who have died innocently. May He give them what He has promised them. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help. Allahumma islam wal May Allah, He help the Muslims. You know, may, may, may Allah help Islam and the Muslims. May He help them wherever they are. Because He's our Rabb. And He knows what we're going through. And He will help. So brothers and sisters, young brothers and sisters take control of your lives and don't be swayed and don't be angry and don't commit crimes just because other people have committed crimes or did wrong to you. Be careful what you say, be careful what you do. Take care of yourselves, your family, take care of, be honorable towards your friends, be generous towards your guests, be good Muslims. Take care of that five prayers every single day. Read Qur'an. Memorize Qur'an. Send salawat upon the Prophet wasallam as often as you can. Say, wa atubu Say all those things. And be mindful. And be focused. And be sincere. And be clean-hearted. And be active. That's what you can do in the times that we're living in.